Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Jesus Christ is Almighty God, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent God Almighty. It is only in Jesus that we can have any forgiveness of sins or any relationship with our Heavenly Father. If we have Jesus, we have the Father. If we do not have Jesus, we cannot have the Father. Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 5 and look at the incredible and overwhelming love and power of God the Son, Jesus Christ. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It's a Monday morning here in Texas. Hopefully y'all are uh, just uh, rocking on in Jesus, just growing to know Jesus, growing to, to walk with Jesus, growing to experience the presence of Jesus, the love of Jesus, growing to obey Jesus in, in every aspect of your life. It is only in Jesus and through Jesus that we can grow in relationship with our Heavenly Father, God the Father. Uh, that we grow in relationship with Jesus, God the Son, and that we grow in relationship with the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. We say it over and over again. The Bible reveals we have a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all God, three individual beings. They are all equal in the fact that they are God. Now, the, the scripture also reveals just this, this area of, of authority in the triune God. Again, they're all equal. They're all all-powerful. They're all all-knowing. But the scripture reveals just... Uh, an authority of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So all these things are given to us in the scriptures so that we might know the triune God better in their individual beings, that we might know God the Father better. Don't you want to know your heavenly Father and just spend time with your heavenly Daddy and just to, to know Him and to know His love and to love Him and don't you want to know Jesus better, your, your Lord and Savior, your master, your king, your husband? The Bible says that we are the bride of Christ, God the Son, Jesus Christ. And, and you want to grow to know the Holy Spirit better. And uh, he is our guide, our counselor, our comforter. There's nothing in our life that's of more value than walking in growing intimacy and unity and obedience with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Today, um, we're in John 5. Whew, I tell you, in studying for this, it's just been, um, these are just some, some heavy, heavy verses here. John 5, uh, verses 16 uh, to 30. Uh, just profound verses almost entirely it's Jesus speaking and um you know we're just going to get some insights into the divinity of Jesus into the deity of Jesus that Jesus is full-blown God and it's going to be interesting because it's going to be noteworthy that the religious leaders know 
what he's saying. They know that he's making himself equal with God. And Jesus doesn't deny it because, of course, he is equal with God, the Father, inasmuch as they're both almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God, as is, of course, is the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we do thank you for uh, your word. We thank you for your mercy and your goodness on our life. We thank you for your incredible love, Father. We thank you for your love for us, Father. We thank you, Father, for giving us your, your word, the word of God, Father. We thank you for the Holy Scriptures. Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King and God. Lord Jesus, we worship you, we praise you, and we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your goodness and love in our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now. Give us the eyes that see into the scriptures and ears that hear. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. John 5, verses 16 to 30. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason the Jews tried to for this reason the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth, the time is coming and now has come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who hear do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just uh, very weighty, very, very heavy verses uh, of Scripture. All right, verse 16. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Remember what he did. These things were that he healed a paralyzed man who had been paralyzed for 38 years. He healed him and told him to pick up his mat and walk. We said last time that the Jews made made up. You remember the God commanded that to keep the Sabbath holy and no work was to be done on the Sabbath. But they had made 600 man-made rules that were not in the scriptures. And one of them was you weren't supposed to carry your your bedroll because somehow that was work. And Jesus had just healed a man who had been paralyzed 38 years, and he told him to get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And when that happened, the man was healed, miraculously healed. He picked up, he stood up, and began to walk. It was an incredible miracle. Try to imagine paralyzed 38 years. And in that moment, when Jesus speaks, when God the Son speaks, life enters into that man, healing enters into that man, and he's cured. And all the Jews can focus on, all the religious leaders can focus on. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. It's, it's inconceivable, but we have areas like this in our life. The Lord can be doing a miraculous work in some manner, in some way. Jesus can be working miracles in some place. And all we can do is be bitter about, you know, some particulars about the matter. Father, I ask you to forgive us this. Forgive us where we act in this way where where you are doing miracles, where you're saving souls, where you're you're revealing yourself to your people. And we can be more concerned about the particulars instead of rejoicing of the truth in Jesus Christ. Hmm. We really do have this in the body of Christ today. Now, it's important we understand we do need sound clear, solid, biblical doctrine, biblical theology, and biblical teaching. We need to agree on the essentials in the scriptures, but we have to be able to agree to disagree on the non-essentials, right? What are the essentials? The essentials are that we have a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're all God. God the Son, the second member of the Holy Trinity, came into humanity, lived a perfect life for us, died a perfect death for us, was raised from the dead, and that by trusting and relying and clinging in him alone, by asking him and relying on him to be the Lord of our life, to save us from our sin, that's how we are saved from our sin. That's how we come into relationship with the triune God. That's how we go to heaven when we die. Nothing we do can help save us from our sin. Nothing we do or don't do will help us go to heaven 
We have to trust and rely on Jesus Christ alone. These are essentials. They're, they're how we worship, um, other doctrines that it's good that we have proper doctrine, but, but they're not essential, okay? The Bible clearly states that all human beings are sinful and that we need a savior. And that without Jesus Christ, we're, we're, we're headed to hell. It says this unambiguously. But there are different interpretations of different doctrines, right? How church services should go. Um, you know, what the inside of the church should look like. How you, you know, you know what kind of communion you do. Do you use the little cups that got the bread and the, and the wine together? Or, you know, do you actually cut up a loaf of bread? I mean, do you use wine? Do you use juice? I mean, it's endless. So again, we want to have agreement on the essentials. We have to. The non-essentials, we, you know, we again, we need to lovingly agree to disagree and to agree that whatever we do, it's all about Jesus. And Colossians 3 says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All right. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Now, it's this is a very interesting concept Jesus brings in here, is that, that the Holy Trinity is working. The ancient, you know, in ancient times, the false gods that people believed in, they would believe that these false gods were, they were above work. They didn't have to do anything. The scripture reveals to us, not only do we have a loving God, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit love us, we, we have a working God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all working as well. Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. So they're persecuting Jesus for their saying that he worked on the Sabbath. Well, obviously he did not work on the Sabbath, okay? Uh, he, he, he healed a man on the Sabbath and told him to pick up his mat and walk, and there was nothing wrong with that. So Jesus, in response to, him, to, to, to them complaining about what he did, and again, they should have been rejoicing in what he did. Jesus said, my father is always at his work. God stopped creating. Creation was done in six days. But God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are always working. That's how the universe stays together. It, it, the Holy Trinity is always in operation. That's how we have any life at all. So this is an interesting concept that my father is always at his work to this very day. And I too am working. So you, you'll, we'll see that as we go down here, that, that each of the members of the Trinity have different work that they do. And we've said, uh, we've said before that we've talked about the Holy Spirit, for instance. The Bible says he's our guide. He's our counselor. 
He's our comforter, right? Um, Jesus is going to be the judge. We're going to see that everyone's going to stand before Jesus, God the Son. So, verse 18. For this reason, the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. For this reason, the Jews tried to kill him, tried all the harder to kill him. It's amazing. So they're trying to kill him, first of all, because he was, in their minds, he was breaking the Sabbath and he was teaching other people to do it. Now, again, in fact, he was not. Never did it say in the Bible you couldn't carry your bedroll. That was a rule they made up and their religious leaders made up. Jesus, Jesus didn't go by those rules. Jesus perfectly obeyed the scripture, but not the man-made rules. And again, I'll say again, this is an issue we have in our churches today, where we can have man-made rules that are not biblical, and we try to force people into these molds that are not in the scripture. So again, we want to make sure that we're modeling who we are and modeling and building the church based on the scriptures, based on the, the living word of God. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Look at those last five words, making himself equal with God. The Jewish leaders, the pastors, the teachers, the priests of Jesus's day, they knew very clearly by his words, they apprehended very clearly that Jesus was claiming to be God. And the interesting part of that is Jesus never corrects them. The man standing before them was making himself equal to be God. By calling God his father, he was saying he was of the same essence with God, making himself equal. Either he's a, he's a total lunatic or he is full-blown almighty God. And I'll say again, they knew what he was saying. He never denied it. Jesus Christ is, in fact, God Almighty. Jesus gave them this answer, verse 19. I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. So now Jesus is going to speak about the unity that he has with the Father. And this, this actually includes the Holy Spirit as well. But you see this incredible unity in the first two members of the Trinity. The Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So we see that they're always on the same page. Now, when Jesus became a human man, and he left some portion of his deity, not all of it, but some portion of his deity he, he, he shelved temporarily. He was, he was led by 
the Father and the Holy Spirit. And we see different scriptures in that. So here, while he was on the earth, God the Father, Jesus was in submission to God the Father, and he was <clears throat> taking his cues from God the Father. And we also see in the other scriptures from the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, for the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. It's a very powerful verse. Jesus just proclaimed, and you got to try to imagine being the, the religious leaders of Jesus's day and all the people hearing him say this, for the father loves the son. Again, it would have been maddening to them because they know he's saying, he's speaking about God the Father, the one true God of, of the universe, the one who created the universe, the one who created mankind, the one who gave Moses the scriptures. And now he's speaking of himself in these terms, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. So while Jesus is living on the earth, Everything he's doing, he's doing in unity and by the direction of the Father. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. Remember what they had just seen. They, they, there's a man walking around that is testifying, I was paralyzed 38 years. Paralyzed. That man over there, Jesus, came up to me, said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And I was healed instantly. That's kind of an amazing thing. It's remarkable. It's miraculous. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. So he's saying there, you know, number one. Now, they would be getting this. Remember, they're accusing Jesus of breaking the Sabbath, not obeying the word of God, and then teaching others to do it by telling, telling the man to pick up his bedroll and walk. So he first of all just said that that was done by the direction of the Father, who is in complete oneness with the Son. And that was the Father's will, clearly. So the man that was healed, it was the will of the father and the will of the son. So the very, that, and he was saying in these words, I'm going to keep doing it. Okay. I'm going to keep doing the will of the father. And they were, he was explaining to them, if they had ears to hear it, that they were mistaken in believing he had done anything wrong. Now, as we said already, why are these people not just delighted over the fact that a paralyzed man was healed after 38 years, May? Why wouldn't they just be delighted and overjoyed? But instead, they, they got this massive religious spirit, right, Dustin? That all they're worried about is that, this, that Jesus told him to carry his mat, his bedroll. I mean, seriously. And again, over and over, Lord, I ask you to forgive us where we just have this, this, this prevailing spirit in our, in, our, in our churches today, Lord, where we just have this disposition where we can't just rejoice over the work of Christ being done without nitpicking every little thing. 
Help us, Lord Jesus, to, to truly have a spirit of excellence based on the word of God. But help us, Lord, to not have to nitpick, you know, every little thing we disagree with, Lord. Um, and forgive us, Father. Forgive me where we fall short. Wow. Verse 21. This is heavy. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased. Wow. I mean, that just set it off. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life. So now, this is the greatest power, right? You cannot think of a power greater than raising the dead, right? Giving life to the dead. And again, he. this is just a whole section where he's showing that he is God. He's equal with the Father as Almighty God. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Now, when he says it in this fashion, he's saying the son doesn't need permission to give life. He is equal. He's on the same page as the father, but he doesn't need to go to the father to get permission and need life. He doesn't need to go to the father to get permission to, to get the power to do it. You remember in, in the Old Testament, and Jesus is going to give power to his disciples. And you'll remember Peter uh, in, in the book of Acts. People are getting healed in Peter's shadow. In the Old Testament, some of the prophets would be given power. Moses was given power. People were given power. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased. He doesn't need all that. He doesn't need to be given anything from the Father. He is co-equal with the Father in the fact that he is God. Now, he submits to the Father. Again, we have this picture of submission in the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But it's a willing submission. It's not a coerced submission. Jesus doesn't need to go to the Father and ask, you know, can you give me some power here to raise the dead? Jesus will do as he's pleased to do it because he's God. And that's really the overarching point of why we have this scripture, these scriptures, if we have eyes to see it. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, that's what dead people need, life. Physically dead people need life, and spiritually dead people need life. That life is only in Christ. Gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Verse 22, moreover... The father judges no one, but is entrusted all judgment to the son. So once again, now we're, we see this place, as we said earlier, of the different work that the triune God is doing. They're all working. And here Jesus teaches us that it's the son of God, God, the son, Jesus Christ, that's going to handle all the judgment. All human beings will be judged by Jesus Christ. If you've known Christ, if you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're trusting in Christ right now, relying on Jesus Christ right now, clinging to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, then the judgment for your sin 
will be put to Christ at the cross. His perfect righteous life that he lived will be credited to you. And you will spend eternity in heaven and you will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. I think it's uh, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. And you will, you will be rewarded for how you lived your life. You'll stand before Jesus and you'll be rewarded for how you lived your life in Christ. If you have not received Christ, then you'll go before the great white throne judgment. No one will make heaven. You'll be judged on your deeds and you'll be assigned a place in hell accordingly. Obviously, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ today if you haven't. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you called on Jesus? Have you gone to him and earnestly humbled yourself before him and said, Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinful person. I know I cannot save myself, Lord. I'm desperate. I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. But Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. And I believe you came and lived a perfect life for me and died a perfect death for me. And I believe you are alive and risen. Therefore, Lord Jesus, I ask you now to come into my heart, to be the Lord of my life, to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, I place all my trust and hope and faith and confidence and reliance in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Heavenly Father, it's in Jesus' name I pray. That's how you become a Christian. It's not the words that save you. The words are the vehicle we use, but that's how you call out to Jesus and humble yourself before him, understanding your need of him and, and humbly asking him to be your Lord and Savior. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. So again, we see here that that part of the work that the son does is judgment. Even when Jesus walked the earth, I mean, he would walk on the scene and judgment just happens. Just to look at his face would be to fall down on the ground and say, have mercy on me, a sinner. Peter looked at his face in Luke 5, got out of his boat, fell at Jesus' feet and said, be away from me, Lord. I'm, I'm a sinful man. Jesus, someone like you shouldn't have to be around someone like me. And that's true. Jesus shouldn't have to suffer us. But he does because he loves us. But everywhere he goes, judgment happens. He brings correction. He, he, he speaks what's right. He's doing it here, right? Jesus is always bringing judgment. That means he's, he's calling right, right, and wrong, wrong based on the truth. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Wow. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Again, this is just, this language is off the chain. That all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Now, again, if you are not God, you are some kind of a complete lunatic and it's, a, it's an incredibly blasphemous statement. It's, it's blasphemous beyond reason. 23. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. 
we don't realize that that the 8 billion people in the world today, you cannot honor God the Father without honoring Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have the Father. Look at Jesus said, he who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. You have to have Christ. Every person in the world, every religion in the world needs Christ. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father. So it doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian denomination, um, if you're if you're Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, atheist, agnostic, whatever you are, anywhere in the world, you have to have Christ. These are his words. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. If you're not honoring Jesus today, you, you're not honoring God. Give your life to Jesus. I beg you, give your life to Jesus while you can. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. It, it's, it's unambiguous. 24, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word Listen to this. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word, Jesus' word, and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Have you heard the word of Christ today? Have you heard Christ calling you? Have you heard the gospel? I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word, you believe Jesus is the Son of God and that God the Father sent him, and that he came into the world for you and lived a perfect life for you and died a perfect death for you, and he's alive and risen. Have you heard that? Are you clinging to that word of the gospel? Are you clinging to Jesus Christ as your only hope? I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. You have it right now. If you're, if you're clinging to Jesus and relying on him, knowing your desperate need of him, knowing you're hopeless and helpless without him, knowing that, that you are a poor, wretched sinner, as am I, and that only in the mercy of Christ and what he's done on our behalf and in our place can we have eternal life. Are you clinging to that, that word of God? God has given his word. It says, if you will, then you will not be condemned. You'll cross over from death to life. If you're not clinging to the word of Jesus right now, you remain in spiritual death. But if you'll give your life to Jesus Christ and cling to his word and give yourself to him and trust in him and rely on him, you will cross over from spiritual death to spiritual life. And you'll have life eternal, everlasting. You'll have it right now. You'll have not only everlasting life, you'll have eternal life. And eternal life is not just a quantity of life, but a quality of life. And that's whoever hears my word. Wherever you are in the world today, hear Christ and believe that the Father sent Christ because he loves you so much. You will have eternal life and you won't be condemned. Without Christ, we're all condemned. Without Without our Redeemer, without God himself, God the Son, entering the world and dying that death on our behalf, that torturous death, 
being raised from the dead, we would be condemned. Give your life to Christ today. 25, I tell you the truth, this time is coming. And now, and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Are you hearing the voice of the Son of God today? Jesus said, it's now come. Time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. There is only life in Jesus in hearing the word of Christ, in receiving the love of Christ, receiving the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Verse 26, for as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. Again, in himself. The Father has God life in him. The Son has God life in himself, as does the Holy Spirit. Do, 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 you, do you see this? It, it is such an incredible treaty. It's such, it's, it's, a, it's an unambiguous, clear declaration by Jesus that he is God Almighty. He is, he is absolutely essential he is co-equal with the Father in being God, and that you need him entirely. No other religion will do. He's telling these Jews that they need Jesus. He's the Savior. Jesus is Jewish in his, in his man form. But you cannot have Christ. You cannot have life. Whether you're, you're Jewish or non-Jewish, everyone needs Christ. There is life in the Father, but there's life in the Son, and we have to have him. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. Verse 27, and he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. It is the Father's will that Jesus be the judge. So do you see, you can't go around Jesus. You're not going to be able to get to the Father without Jesus. Because all judgment comes to the Son. So you can't go and say, I want to know you, God. I want to know you, God. I want to love you, God. You can't approach him any other way. Only in Christ. The Father has given all authority to the Son. Because you have to have the Son. So when you get, everything is going to come through Jesus, so you can't sidestep him. So give your life to Jesus so that when you stand in judgment, you'll have known Jesus. And Jesus will have taken that judgment for sin for you. But you got to receive him. You got to believe in him. You got to know him. You have to trust him and rely on him as your savior. If you don't know him, go back and, and receive him as we did, whatever, 15 minutes ago. Remembering, it's not the words. It's that with your heart, you truly desire Christ and use the words to call on him. Do not be amazed at this. For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice, 29, and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. The time is coming 
he says, when all who are in their graves will hear his voice. The Bible clearly teaches, Jesus is saying that, that every single human being that ever lived will be resurrected. And if you've received and known Christ, you'll live unto eternal life in heaven. If you hadn't had Christ, you'll be condemned for eternal damnation in hell. The scripture teaches that you'll be, a, you'll be fitted with an eternal body appropriate to who you are and where you'll be. A new, eternal body, immortal body, appropriate for who you are and where you'll be, Scott. If you're in Christ and you genuinely are trusting and relying on Christ, and he is in fact your Lord and Savior, and you've been forgiven of your sins because you're genuinely trusting and relying on Christ, you'll spend eternity in hell, in heaven. And if not, if you're not trusting in Christ, then you will spend eternity in hell. It's only in Christ that we won't be condemned. It's amazing. Look at, don't be amazed at this, Jesus said. For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice. When Jesus, when Jesus shouts that, that, uh, that trumpet, Keith, everyone's going to hear his voice. Those who... Those who have received Christ and lived for Christ as an expression that they truly did receive him, you know, they'll, they'll rise to life. Those who rejected Christ and the expression of their life, the outcome of their life was they lived an ungodly life consistently. They didn't live in any way in a godly life. Their life was marked more by sinful selfishness and Christ-like living, they haven't known Jesus Christ, then they'll rise to be condemned and spend eternity in hell. It's plain. It's plain. When it says those who have done good will rise to live, it's not talking about that you get saved by doing good. What, it's, what Jesus is saying here is that when you've believed him and when you received him and when he's your Lord and Savior, that will manifest itself at some level in a life of doing good. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Okay, No human being is perfect. We're, we're desperately evil and that's why we need a Savior. That's why you know we need a Redeemer in Jesus Christ. Verse 30, by myself I can do nothing. So Jesus is going to show us here. Everything he says, he's on the same page as the Father. Everything he says is on the same page with what billions call God. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. And look how he says this. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Jesus sought when he became a man to please the Father. And Do you have that heart in you? Do you have a desire to please Jesus to love Jesus, to walk with Jesus, to grow to know Jesus, to obey Jesus. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. You have a desire to please Jesus Christ today. Hmm. Lord Jesus, we thank you for these incredible scriptures. We thank you for the living word of God. Lord, we do ask you to give us eyes that see you and ears that hear you. We ask you to convict our hearts that we would come to know you, 
to know our need of you, that we would hear your voice and rise to eternal life. Lord, for those who have not received you, Lord, I ask you to give them eyes that see you and ears that hear you, that they could come to see their need of you and run desperately to the foot of the cross, trusting and relying and clinging to you alone as their only Lord and Savior. And for those who are, for those of us who do know you, Lord, for, the, for those of us who are Christians, I, play, I pray that our lives would be marked by not seeking to please ourselves, but you, Lord Jesus, who have sent us. Forgive me, Lord, where I have so often looked to please myself instead of you. Help us, Lord, just to have a lifestyle, to emulate you as when you lived on this earth, you sought to please the Father. Help us, Lord Jesus, to live on this earth seeking to please you. Jesus, we love you and we bless you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen.